Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, Dewey Thompson, Ray Lyon, and Brianna Larimer share their decades of experience training in workplaces across the nation and talk to other experts about what it takes to be a team player, a great manager, and a leader others want to follow. This is the Weekly Workplace. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come for insights and inspiration for success. My name is Dewey Thompson. I'm the director of the Missouri Training Institute. And with me is my great, great team. I have Ray Lyon with me and I have Brianna Larimer. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, today's topic, I, I love the title that, um, Brianna, that you came up with with this one. It's called, you know, Stop Biting Your Nails. And so when I immediately heard that, uh, the whole idea of habits just kind of popped into my head, which is the topic of uh, today's uh, podcast. So tell me a little bit more about why you wanted to do this. Oh, man. Well, I think as we start considering uh, what happens at the beginning of a new year every year, we think about creating these resolutions. Mm. And I think when we think about these resolutions, great in theory, but maybe we ought to start start a little bit with what habits uh, we currently are, are holding and doing uh, that we need to m- maybe focus on changing before we start creating new things for ourselves to do. And, you know, I, I, I thought about it just last night. I was telling you all as we were getting started today that uh, I decided it's time to change my bad morning habits of always rushing. And so I remember last night I was like, I'm going to do something different. And I stopped and I prepped and I got my meals done and I got my bags packed and I had them by the door. And this was not a normal routine for me. (laughs) And it felt completely not normal. Um, But this morning it made for a very successful getting out and coming to work. And it's really set the tone for how the day is going to go. And that's just one uh, concept of a, of a habit, you know, that you just start small and make mm-hmm. a little change like that. And it can make a big difference mm-hmm. moving forward. Well, tell me, um, how, how would you more, I don't know, define what a habit really is for our listeners out there? Well, I think when we think about habits, that's always those small decisions that we make every single day that we probably make subconsciously or unconsciously. We don't even know that we're really that we're doing it. When mm-hmm. you think about it, as we mentioned too, brushing your teeth, you know, you don't think about brushing your teeth anymore. Um, well, at least for most of us, I guess. Uh, but b- because it's a habit now, it's something that you kind of have that computer program running in the back of your head and it just knows how to brush your teeth because you've done it so many times. You know, I've heard about that and um, some of the research that I've done with the idea of habits and, you know, habits actually are somewhat very good for us, right? Mm-hmm. Because our brains can't necessarily um, solve two math problems, for example, at the same time. So, um, when we develop a habit, um, that kind of takes place in the background. And so it allows us to more consciously think maybe of other things at the same time. Right. Um, so, you know, these are, uh, probably these really small decisions, these, these actions that we kind of perform every day, we just kind of get in a routine of them. Huh? We do. Yeah. And they actually account re- 
research would, would show that they account for 40% of our behaviors every given day. And I wow. think, yeah, I think that that's a really, um, that's something neat to think about. It's also something that's almost alarming if you've created or gotten into a habit loop of maybe not so great habits too. Hmm. What do you mean by a habit loop? So it's essentially that cue, that trigger that happens to your brain uh, that says, hey, uh, because I, for, I think for smokers, for example, my husband used to be a smoker and we, anytime we were outside, it was a cue to grab a cigarette. And so there was, there was that trigger subconsciously that he knew every time we walked outside, it was almost time for a cigarette. And so I think that habit loop um, got him subconsciously into that, which ultimately he decided was not a habit he wanted to keep. And, you know, so it sounds like this loop consists then of a cue, right? Mm -hmm. Or a triggering kind of event. Right. Um, your behavior, your, you know, decision then in response to that event. And then do they get anything, you know, by uh, a reward or something for performing that behavior? Absolutely. Yeah. It sends that those feel good, the feel good trigger. So you, you typically create a habit because it's made you feel a certain way um, and it is, is filled a void that maybe you you didn't have in other ways. For me, it's it's bad food, chocolate. Mm -hmm. It's the sweets. And I remember um, very, very distinctly when I was training for, for my fight and I was trying to cut weight, there was this unconscious habit where in the evening I would sit there and I was bored, which is kind of one of those times we have to be aware of. We, we tend to kind of drive more into bad habits out of boredom or sometimes stress. But I was bored in the evening. And so my first instinct was to go and grab something to eat. And it was typically um, something that was not good for me. And I can remember very distinctly one night I went to grab for that cupcake and I looked at it and went, wait, I'm not even hungry. <laughs> like, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. But it was the reward of of that emotional boredom and that was filling that space for me. And yeah. so there, there was an element of reward to it. Okay. You know, when we think about education and as a former teacher, you know, we talk about this unconscious incompetence, mm. you know, and when we think about habits, it does become this unconscious. We just do it without thinking. And when we don't know what we're doing or why we're doing it, that's the incompetence part. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't even know what we don't know. And so hearing you both talk about that habit and that habit loop and we don't even think about it, it's the trigger. Mm -hmm. You know, I walk outside and for whatever reason I say smoke or whenever I'm sitting down and I'm like, oh, my mind's not thinking of anything. You know, oh, I get a cupcake or I, I love chocolate. Too. That's I'm yeah, that's crazy about that. And then how do we bring that to a level of awareness? Um, because our first thing to bring it from unconscious incompetence is just to become aware of it, mm. right? Make it a conscious incompetence. I mean, really, you <laughs> yeah. know, I mean it because just knowing about it doesn't mean you're changing it yet, right? But just you're raising that level of um consciousness. Mm -hmm. so and to it, speak. and it's interesting, you know, they talk about that conscious uh incompetence ladder. So it all starts down there like you say you don't know what you don't know, you're unconsciously incompetent. But when you start to understand, oh, I'm not so good at this. <laughs> mm -hmm. I do become consciously then uh of my 
incompetence. Mm -hmm. And but I then I need to practice or maybe make better choices about things so that I become more competent in mm -hmm. it and, and consciously competent. Mm -hmm. But when I think about like sports players, because that's what they're trying to do at coaches is they're trying to um, get their players to unconsciously be competent in everything they do. So that just becomes a very natural yeah. habit mm -hmm. uh, to respond, you know, to a, to a play or to a team situation or something like that. Um, so it is interesting that conscious and, and competence uh, ladder is, is interesting how we talk about this today. You know, what I think is also, you know, when you talk about how do you how do you move up that ladder a little bit? And I, I'll, I'll tell you just based off of that that example I gave a minute ago, when I started recognizing I had a goal in mind, I was trying to to get down to a certain weight. And that was almost helpful in recognizing this habit that I've created of just when I get bored, I go eat something. Or when I'm emotional, I go eat something. That's not going to get me to where I want to be, which is at X amount of weight. And so... It really was a matter of trying to overcome those bad habits by thinking about what is it that I really want to achieve? What it, do I want to continue to be at the weight I'm at? And it really starts with starting to ask yourself some, some good reflective questions. All right. When does your bad habit actually happen for me? when I was bored, when yeah. I was stressed, mm -hmm. again, that emotional response. Um, how many times do you do it each day? Well, every time I'm bored and I'm stressed. <laughs> um, maybe where are you when you're in the comfort of your home versus, you know, being in the office or being around a group of friends? Is it with a certain group of friends? You know, and so it's really starting to kind of analyze when when is this habit, especially if it's a bad one that you're looking to change, when is this occurring? And I think that is is the first step in being able to kind of overcome it. Well, that's that's part of then developing your competence around mm -hmm. that habit. Yep. Um, you know, Dewey, you were talking about an athlete and that's, that's the muscle memory. Right. Right. You know, that's the muscle memory that athletes rely on, um, or our military by going through so many drills over right. and over and over, or, or, um, you know, our, our police officers, right. You know, that they, it's instinct. It becomes natural, uh, to respond how they respond in the moment, um, that they're, they're that impulse takes over or that, muscle memory takes over. But I also think in thinking about and raising that awareness and then following that, that habit, you know, why do I do it? When do I do it? Those kinds of things. Then developing a replacement behavior. Mm -hmm. So I'm bored. <laughs> now what? If it's not the cupcake or it's not the chocolate, I think that next... So Competency it's almost like development you, is a strategy, right? So you're, are you saying that it's almost like replace the old habit with a new habit, right? One that's maybe a little bit more productive, right? A new behavior. I mean? Yeah. New I think behavior. you have to, yeah. I, you know, cause you are going to get bored. You can't yeah. say, Oh, just never get bored. I mean, that that's, mm -hmm. that's ridiculous. Right. <laughs> you know, you're still going to get bored. And so now instead of reaching for the cupcake, what will I do instead? Mm -hmm. I mean, that makes more sense. Um, and so then what's the new behavior or what's the, what strategy are you going to put in there? You know, I used to smoke and I have stopped. Yay. Yay. Um, and I found myself having to do that a lot. I found myself every time I, I, I would sit down or I'd have one of those triggers like you talked about. I'd go outside or I had a cup of coffee or almost anything would be a trigger for me to have a cigarette. 
know? <laughs> so um, I had to think about specifically what's a different behavior, you know, what's what's a, a different response every time I felt one of those triggers. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it really does work. It really does help. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm, I am a firm believer that, that it you would set yourself up for failure if you just want to say, I want to eliminate this bad habit. I do think that you have to have something in place of because that script is still being is still being written in the back of your head. There's still something there, but now it's just replacing it with this new one that is, as you said earlier, Dewey, a lot more productive. Mm-hmm. And so what I started finding when I was in those those elements is I thought, you know what, let's get up and I'm going to do some kickboxing instead. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm bored, let me do something that's a little bit more productive towards the goal that I have. So I replaced that thought. And so every time I had a desire for a sweet treat, I would replace it with, okay, let's go punch something, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Now tell me, tell me, people weren't around, were they? Hopefully that wasn't the husband, but uh, yeah. No, no, no. We, uh, we had a a bag in our house and that was, that's what we, that's what I trained on. So, you know, another thing that kind of helped me a little bit, and maybe you all can kind of speak to this as well is, um, I tried to, you know, every, every time that I, uh, was feeling that need to smoke, you know, I tried to think about, you know, what would my life look like differently, Mm -hmm. you know, if I didn't smoke. So, you know, trying to replace that vision, you know, if you will, about a preferred future. Um, did you all ever do anything like that when, when you were working with your bad habits? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, you talked about, the goal you were trying to achieve, you know, which wasn't just the cutting weight, but as a result of the cutting weight, you know, you wanted to fight. And of course that meant probably not end up on the mat, right? you know, knocked (laughs) out or totally, you know, bludgeoned, um, I would assume. So, you know, having that successful outcome, um, from, you know, being well-trained and being the fastest, the quickest and things like that, I'm sure. Um, was a nice vision to have. Oh, absolutely. I had to see it if I wanted to be able to do it. And I think that I've spent most of my life thinking that I have to be able, whether it's something like that, you know, my personal life, or if it's something in my professional life, um, you know, moving into a leadership role, I have to see that. What is it going to look like? What am I, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? I want to be able to visualize that because I, I'm a firm believer that once we visualize something, we're a lot more in tune with reaching that. You know, we talk about placing new strategies or new behaviors, let me say that, new behaviors in there to satisfy that craving. But do you ever think it works to eliminate the triggers? Sometimes, I guess in my experience, you know, when I would have that triggering event that would cause me to pick up a cigarette, um, sometimes I, 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 you know, I, I did try to, you know, maybe slow down my coffee a little bit. So I wasn't drinking as much coffee all day long. Um, uh, so every time that I would have coffee in the morning, great. That was harder to deal with, you know. But since I kind of eliminated coffee in the afternoons, um, you know, I didn't have that need. I didn't feel that need mm-hmm. to go and smoke. Because coffee was a trigger. Coffee was definitely mm-hmm. a trigger for me. Okay. Oh, well, like I said, anything was could be a trigger for whatever for my habit of smoking. So uh food was a big one. Um, I had to be very careful around that because I was, I knew that that was coming. So, um, yeah. I think it really depends on how long it's been a trigger. Um, and I only say that because I know that since I was little, 
I've struggled with weight. And so an emotional response, um, you know, that was obviously anything, anytime I got upset about something, I was always triggered. And that was my go-to. That's something that's still at 30 some odd years old, I still struggle with. And so as much as I've been a lot more conscious, uh, it's still so deeply ingrained that I don't find it necessarily eliminates the trigger. It's just something that I, I kind of live with and have to be able to overcome daily. Um, but there are some other ones that I could see that where maybe it, it was just a most recent trigger. Maybe you entered into a a friendship with somebody and you tend to go out and, and enjoy too much on, you know, on the weekends, whatever. Well, something that's kind of newly, um, newly ingrained or newly accepted as a trigger for some type of event. I think those can be, can certainly be eliminated, but something mm-hmm. that's so deeply ingrained, I just don't know. So there's something still in the bag that hasn't been uncovered Absolutely. is what you're saying in, in that regard. But knowing that when you're with that group of friends, that triggers a response to do that that particular habit. So you could a, approach it from a replacement strategy mm-hmm. or figuring out what that trigger is mm-hmm. and maybe avoiding that trigger depending on what the... Or even bringing some more conscious, like you say, some more conscious thought about that trigger mm-hmm. and how maybe proactively you might deal with it if you encounter it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also found that it helps to have... Uh, people along the journey with me, you know, uh, that might not necessarily have the same habit that I'm maybe trying to change, but people who can hold me accountable. Uh, my daughter comes to mind, um, you know, on my journey to quit smoking. She's been very helpful, um, you know, because I want to I want to be accountable to her. Mm-hmm. I see that certainly now as a new parent, too. And all of us around the table are parents. And and uh, I think that's been a big wake up call, especially with all the, the health that's been going on the last couple of years. Um, certainly mm-hmm. helped with my trigger as well, mm-hmm. as far as always grabbing, you know, for food, because mm-hmm. I realize I have to be healthy for my son. Sure. And so even if they aren't like a grown, you know, a grown person that can hold you accountable Think of all the reasons why you need to be accountable to that, to that child or uh, whatever, your animal, maybe whatever (laughs) it is for you. Let me ask this. I mean, we've been talking about habits as if they're all bad, but is there ever a reason we'd want to develop a habit around something or habits we already have that serve us? Because not all habits are bad. No. I would agree. In fact, um, I think, you know, it's about finding good habits, maybe to replace some of those habits that aren't so good for us once in a while. But yes, I think, again, it's um, uh, habits are, are helpful to us as human beings, right? That way we can, um, you know, kind of for the good one, we can kind of get into that habit. No, don't have to consciously think about it. So our brains can be uh, focused maybe on something else that requires more conscious thought. So, yes, I, I believe that there are good habits. Well, certainly, just like what we did, what I mentioned at the top of the the episode, I said I needed to have easier mornings, um, and that that wasn't triggered by anything. Well, I guess it was from the emotional response <laughs> to my previous mornings, but um, you know, it is something that I I know. Um, when I think of time management, for example, I mean those are things where we really have to focus on putting in a 
positive habit into place. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily because something has happened. It's just this is how you get into a new job or you have new roles or new responsibilities that come in and and you have to prioritize differently. And so you create new habits based off what you, you need. And they're positive habits. Mm-hmm. I guess I would just say that um, this is difficult, though. It's, oh, I, it's yeah. a lot easier to talk about than it is to actually change habits, I guess. So because um, these habits can be pretty powerful. So when you have those moments when you're about to slip, you know, um, what do you do in those situations? Yeah. You know, I think it's interesting, um, because a lot of times you think about, you need to pause and reflect. You got to think about what are the, the negative thoughts that are getting me to where I Mm -hmm. I am right now. Uh, when I think about that slipping or moving back into that bad habit for me, again, well, you've always been overweight. That's the thought that goes through my head. So Mm -hmm. why are you worried about it now? And, one of the things that I, I really have tried tried doing more is kind of using the a but, right? So mm-hmm. instead of just saying I'm fat and out of shape, but I'll be healthy in six months because I'm working towards that goal, you know? And so really helps start changing that paradigm in my own mind, um, changes my, my mindset a little bit and r- really kind of reorients me to... I don't want to slip because here is my goal and here's where I'm at. So it starts with the mind. Right. So that's a lot of changing that those um, ingrained kind of self-talk that we have going through our heads often, which can be bad habits in in and of themselves um, once in a while. So that's helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think it, it's also beneficial when you think about it. We were all, well, I mean, at one point I was a smaller child, you know, at one point I wasn't always overweight. And so instead of thinking it, you know, um, and I'll use your example, do you mentioned the cigarette instead of thinking of it as, you know, I, I need to quit smoking. I just need to return to being a non-smoker, mm. you know, like, and so even something just like that, because it's that element of thinking that you're doing something wrong, mm-hmm. um, that is not motivating for a lot of people. And so when you can just think about returning to a past you, I think it makes it a little bit easier to swallow. Yeah. You know, other things that have um, I've kind of run up against too is, you know, cheating once in a while. You know, when I first started, you know, you, you cheat. And so he's like, oh, well, I cheated. So I might as well just give up on it. On, on changing this habit, you know, because I have tried to stop smoking many times, many times in my lifetime. And some of them were successful and other times, you know, maybe a year goes by and I was like, I have one more and it's just like, I'm right back to it. Um, so I think sometimes we, we like, oh, look, I failed, mm-hmm. you know, and then how does that make you feel and um, to get geared up to go and try it again? You know, it, it, it's not very motivating. So um, sometimes I think you, I always have to kind of plan for those failures, you know, a little bit. I have to say to myself, okay, just because I, I may have cheated this time doesn't mean that I can't do it again tomorrow, right? That I can't do it the next time. So uh, you got to make a plan, I think, for, you know, those moments when you might slip up or those moments when you might fail. Absolutely. Um, and plan, you're, you have to know that that's going to happen. I mean, you're doing something new. And for somebody who's a perfectionist and doesn't like failure, I, it is uncomfortable. But get comfortable with the uncomfortable because you're making small strides towards something that's bigger and better. And, you know, there's a book out there called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And uh, I've, I've gone through a lot of his his articles and his blogs on his website. And I just love this concept that he he starts simple. 
You know, mm-hmm. make it simple. Don't make it say I'm going to um, lose 20 pounds by tomorrow. And I think <laughs> this is where we mess up with our New Year's resolutions, too, is we do set ourselves up for failure with the mindset that we're not going to fail. And mm. so it's it's really intriguing to me that we do this. But instead of saying, you know, okay, your goal is to lose 20 pounds, then um, what's the first step to get there? Well, I'm going to set my alarm clock. You know, I've determined I want to work out in the morning. I'm going to set my alarm clock for 5 a.m. I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. All right. Maybe then the next day it's okay. I'm setting my alarm clock for 5 a.m. I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to put on my workout clothes. All right. Maybe the next day after that. All right. I've got my 5 a.m. I got my workout clothes on. Um, The next day is, okay. I'm actually going to go to the gym and I step foot in the gym. And maybe if I do nothing else, but just step foot into the gym, I got there. And then, you know, you just keep building the next day. Maybe you, you do a couple different workouts. And so you start building off of those smaller steps instead of just turning it around and saying, hey, I'm going to be, you know, 20 pounds lighter by next week. It's unrealistic and we have to to really take a step back and remove some of our ego in that and, and set ourselves up for success, mm-hmm. but plan that we're going to have those slip ups. And yep. that's why you start small. Yeah. Um, another good book that I've read um, as it deals with the idea of habits, it's called um, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhill. So another book you might be able to check out um, mm-hmm. from the local Barnes and Noble here yeah. in Columbia, Missouri. <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, yeah, any final thoughts as we kind of think about wrapping this up about uh, how to change habits or um, things you can things you can do? I think it's a really good idea to just kind of look at what habits are serving you. Mm. Um, Really try to look at what habits aren't. Raise that level of consciousness because not all habits are bad. And, you know, if you're looking to change a habit, um, what are some replacement strategies Mm -hmm. if you know, that the, the opportunity isn't there to, um, remove the triggers, so to speak, you know, what is a replacement strategy? And then like Brianna said, you know, start small. Um, I also think, you know, in replacing that self-talk, you know, I am a non-smoker. I am a healthy person. (laughs) Frame it in the, in the present. Right. It's a very powerful, uh, exercise. Yep. I agree. Agreed, agreed, agreed. I love the, yeah, there is such power in positive mindsets, you know, and I also, when we talked about that, I want to encourage people not to give up. If you don't get up at 5am when you set that alarm clock, right? Have, have an alternative too. you know, if I don't get up that morning to go to the gym, then I'm going to go, um, you know, after work, or I'm going to take a walk on my lunch hour plan for something else. Like, it's important to plan for the chaos that happens. It's regular part of our, our day-to-day routine. So don't give up, I guess would be my, my final thought with it. Just don't give up. Good, good advice. Great. Well, listen, thank you all for joining us here in the Weekly Workplace. If you have an idea that you would like for us to address on this podcast, um, you can always click the link in the uh, description um, of the podcast and um, and we'll do that or drop us a, a comment at mti.missouri.edu. So, uh, 
Brianna, uh, Ray, thank you for joining us this morning. And uh, Ray, I'll give it over to you. Go be great. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu.